Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick? And apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what we're doing today right now? Well, I it's well, we're late. We first are first of all. We're late. Sorry. Um, it was a hectic weekend with Thanksgiving, kids' birthday. We had all kinds of shit going on. We really so did. we need to apologize a little bit before we get into anything. I already and, did that. No, I I know, but I mean like an ex- explanation, you know, oh, apology. And you just did that. Right. So we aren't doing a fifth episode this week. We're not. We're just doing the four that we did already. We're doing our Q and A. And we're probably not doing a Patreon this week, so we mm. kind of suck a little bit. But I mean... But it, it was busy, yeah. and we're sorry. It's so holiday and birthday weekend. You guys love us, right? Sorry, but sorry. Yeah, we love you guys regardless. We so. do, we do. Um, that being said, we are doing our Q&A today, which mm-hmm. means that today is sort of... Um, Today is um, Q&A Saturday but on Sunday night, because we had Thanksgiving in America and kids' 19th birthday. Right. And I will still be doing the wrap-up this week, so that's still coming today, too, mm-hmm. after we're done with this episode. Um, that being said, do you have anything to say before we get into the episode? Yes. The chapters we are covering are Isaiah chapters 21 through 24. Okay. You ready to do this? I am. Let's do it. Okie dokie. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
Okay, so we, as I said, are covering questions about Isaiah chapters 21 through 24. Okay. And I'm glad we're only doing four chapters because we had a lot of questions. Right. Questions right. about all the places that are being cursed. That yeah, Isaiah's a lot of work. He's a lot of work. And so. places that are being um, cursed, but then there's one, I think it was Jerusalem, that they get to come back later. And not be cursed after 70 years or something. Right. Or right. maybe that was Tyre. I don't remember exactly. I thought we just said it was Tyre. Tyre. Oh, yeah. Tyre. So it was either Tyre or Jerusalem that gets to come back. I don't recall which one. But, okay. Um, no, then, tier. It was Tyre. It was Tyre. It was Tyre. Okay. Yeah. And then there was also a question about the powers in heaven. What? What yeah. are the powers in heaven? Like, there was just so much happening. Yes. And... I'm glad we didn't go any further also because um, chapters 24 through 27, I think, I'll get into that in a minute, uh -huh. are actually their own special little section. Well, we did 24. I know, but I'm glad we didn't go past that okay. is what I'm saying. Right. Okay. So that I can kind of intro what 24 oh. is going forward. Okay. Okay. Yep. So I'm just saying, like, we could have stopped it was a really lot. at 23 and even that would have been a lot. Sure. And then we tossed in the first part of the next section that I didn't know until we were already fucking in it. Got it. Okay. Yep. So there's a lot happening. But let's start with Isaiah chapter 21, which was burdens against Babylon, Edom, and Arabia. Okay. Okay. Yep. So this chapter contains prophecies against those three places. Okay. Got it. And it starts out with an oracle concerning um, either... The oracle concerning or the proclamation against the desert of the sea. And we okay. were like, the fuck is that? Right. Okay. And an army from Persia is going to march on Babylon. Okay. okay. That's what's happening. Okay. This part of the prophecy refers to Babylon, even though it's not indicated by name. So sure. what I just told you is like, hey, guess what? That's Babylon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you didn't know it, it until I said it. And, and you know, we're supposed to know this because we obviously are reading this in biblical times. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. When these things would have made maybe some sense. Right, exactly. So. They would have known what the wilderness of the sea was. Right. Well, it's called that because the Great Plain of Babylon was divided with lakes and marshes. And it was referred to during that time as a sea because okay. of that. All right. Okay. Now... Elam and Medea are the ancient names for the peoples of Persia, which is in modern-day Iran. Okay? Got it. The Persian Empire conquered the Babylonian Empire, and Isaiah here prophetically sees their armies marching on Babylon. Sure. Okay? Mm -hmm. So then it goes into the fall of Babylon. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Do you where that guy was that? running around his horse. Yeah. And calling the, the British head. are coming! The British are coming! <laughs> right, right. Um, just for our international audience, that's a reference to Paul Revere when um, the American Revolution was happening. Right. And and he was the out. They were they were watching out for them to be coming. And then they had a whole system of um, one. What if they call them? The Minute Minute. Was it Minutemen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The Minutemen. Was it one if by sea, two if by land or was it the I other way? I can't remember off the top of my However head. However many lights you were shining, that was supposed to tell you. If the British were coming by sea or by land. And then they rode and told everybody the British are coming. So mm -hmm. there you go. So there now there's, you know why there's some very adept history in history. Historian. Historian. Yeah. Well, I just wanted them to understand why I was saying that. The yeah. British are coming. The British are coming. Oh, I gotcha. Because it's funny if you understand it. Right. Okay. So anyway, Babylon has fallen, okay? Okay. This prophecy was actually fulfilled when the Persian Empire conquered Babylon. So that actually happened. Okay. All right. Not too long after that. Okay. Okay. What so, then this is assuming that this was written prior to that. And and so here's my here's my problem with this. Two mm -hmm, ways. Mm -hmm. But let's just let's just assume that he did prophesize this, right? Yeah. I'm sure that things moved really slow back then. So like for him to prophesize it meant that Somebody over there was like, hey, we're probably going to be fighting these guys in like three years. Right. You know what I mean? Not like, only that, but it's like, mm, big, powerful city going to attack small place. That, yeah. That tracks. It's not hard. That tracks. That wouldn't be that hard to see. Also, but also. Right. I don't have full confidence that these things were written before they happened. Right. But that's a whole, you know, like that's just my take on it. So right. I'm not saying that it's one way or the other. I don't know either way to be true. I don't really care because either way doesn't really impress me. 
that don't impress you much. <laughs> got it. Got it. So then came the oracle concerning or proclamation against Duma. Mm-hmm. Now, the Masoretic text, meaning, you know, Moses, right. okay, um, refers to Duma, whereas the Septuagint refers to Edom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, depends on which interpretation you go by, but they're kind of the same-ish. Got it. Okay. Yep. So, the Edomites descended from Esau, who was Jacob's brother, Jacob right. being Israel. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So they settled in the land to the southeast of Israel and were the sometimes enemies of Israel. Got it. So the fact that, you know, we're going to war with them, is that? Right. Know, yeah. Not, that not shocking. A, not shocking. Nope. Okay. Nope. The oracle concerning or proclamation against Arabia. Mm-hmm. Now, they use the phrase the desert plain. Okay. And it may not point to a specific identifiable place. But the geographical area named is usually considered to be in Arabia based on the following. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, towns that were mentioned. The, the oasis city Tima from verse 14 is located 100 miles south of Elath, Elath and 200 miles east of the Red Sea. And it is known to be a caravan center. So it was highly populated and traveled and would have been known. Got it. And and that's just one point. Sure. The Dedanites from verse 13 and Kadar from verse 16 were definitely Arabian tribes. The Dedanites, I don't know if I said this in the episode that we were where the Dedanites came up, but it sounds like that came straight out of Army of Darkness. Like, you know, <laughs> maybe like the, the Dedanites. Army of Darkness borrowed from. Yeah, the no, Bible. no, no, no. I'm sure I'm sure that that would be the, the way it went. <laughs> but like, it just sounds like some like Dedanites. It's just such a. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I love the name. I love oh, it. Oh, so do I. But given all those facts of the little areas and how they were related to Arabia is what yeah. makes us think they're they're probably talking about Arabia. Sure, sure. Okay. Yep. It is recorded that Qadar paid tribute in 738 BCE to the Assyrians, so that one came true also. Again, questionable right. about whether they're sure. coming true or written about sure. after the fact in my opinion absolutely but i'm i'm just reporting yeah, yeah, yeah. what happened okay I gotcha. in 715 bce sargon ii battled the tribes between tima and the gulf of aquaba which is the eastern arm of the red sea okay and then in 703 bce so less this is than all 10 historical years later stuff, right? yeah yeah, yeah okay. less than 10 years later Sennacherib subdued the Arabian tribes, joining the rebellion of Merodach Baladan, who was the king of Babylon. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are things that actually happened. Sure. Okay. So prophecy, I don't know, but they were things but that they were written up. and they do match up to history. Sure. Okay. Yep. So that's chapter 21. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now we're moving on to chapter 22. This chapter contains a prophecy against untimely rejoicing in Jerusalem, and then a threefold prediction of Shebna's fall and Eliakim's elevation. And okay. I don't know if you remember any of that, but we were like, who, where, what? And no. So you probably The answer don't. is no, I don't remember right. any that, of that. That makes perfect sense. Okay, so the first half of that chapter is concerned with the oracle concerning the Valley of Vision, which yeah, I know I do you remember do remember. That. Yes, yes. Which is also the proclamation against Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. These verses are also referred to as the inexpiable sin of Jerusalem. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Isaiah alleges that the people of Jerusalem have sinned, quote, beyond the possibility of pardon. Oh. Do you remember I that see. at all? Yeah, kind of. Like. There's no forgiveness here. Right, right. Okay? Yep. Isaiah is grieved over a joyous city. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a prophecy against the Valley of Vision, which refers to the Valley of Hinnom, from which the name Gehenna is derived. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Gehenna, the Gehenna was, was the like the trash fire. Yeah. Place. Right. That mm-hmm. kind of refers to maybe hell, sort of. Right. Kind of. An like early of the... incarnation right, 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 thereof. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, so Isaiah sees this coming army in his vision and that the Lord will bring no deliverance. So God is like, nope, sorry, they gonna pay. Yeah. And then 
um, Jerusalem makes all the wrong preparations for the coming battle. Remember, they do everything. They they prep their walls. They get bring water in. Do you remember yeah, all this? Yeah, yeah. And then um, we even said at the time they're doing everything except turning to God. And that pissed God off because that was actually the only thing that they really needed. Right. Oh, sigh. So um, God in verse 8, it says he removed the protection of Judah. You looked in that day to the armor of the house of the forest. And we were like, what the fuck is happening? What is the house of the forest? <laughs> right, right. Okay, the house of the forest was also known as the house of the forest of Lebanon. And this was one of the prestigious buildings established by King Solomon in Jerusalem within his palace complex, hmm. as described in 1 Kings chapter 7. So kind of like the sea yeah. was the giant bathtub. Right, right, The right. forest was these giant tree things okay bits of timber okay okay yeah it used a great amount of cedar wood from lebanon which remember, remember lebanon yeah. was known for its wood yeah yeah and they talked a lot about that when we were talking about king solomon mm -hmm. so well the wood was used for the pillars beams and roofing material and thus resembled a forest okay okay all right once it stored the royal armor in form of i know you'll remember this 300 shields yep. of gold and vessels of gold. Right. That's from both 1 Kings chapter 10 and 2 Chronicles chapter 9. Sure. So that's where we got that from. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So the second half of um, chapter 22 is about the judgments against Shebna and how Shebna gets replaced by Eliakim. Okay. okay. And we're like, who the fuck are Shebna and Eliakim and why do we give a fuck? Right. 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 So Shebna had a high and honorable office, but he used it to glorify himself. Mm. Okay? Verses 15 and 16 say, this is what the Lord, the Lord Almighty says, go say to this steward, to Shebna, the place administrator, I'm sorry, the palace administrator, what are you doing here? And who gave you permission to cut out a grave for yourself here, hewing your grave on the height and chiseling your resting place in the rock? So we were like, he's building himself a grave? What right. the fuck? This right. seems weird. Yeah. Like, we had no idea what was happening. Okay, so here's the thing. Shebna was a servant of King Hezekiah, both a steward over the house and a scribe. And that was given in um, 2 Kings chapter 18. Okay. Okay. All right. And he wasn't important, so we just don't remember right, his right. name at all. Yeah. But that's who he was. It was a very high position to hold. Okay. And he took advantage of that. Yeah. They were both positions of honor and responsibility. So Shebna was one of King Hezekiah's chief assistants. Hmm. One might say like his right-hand man kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. The king of Judah at this time was Hezekiah, a good king. So the common condemnatory judgment, the condemnation from God, fell on the next person in line. <laughs> So, yeah. So, oh, wait, 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 wait. So they're like, it can't be the king's fault. He's a good king. He was a good king. So who's bad? Oh, that guy. That yeah. guy over there, he's bad. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. why God's punishing us. Yes, exactly. That's bullshit. Yes, That's I agree. That's fucking bullshit. Shebna and the populace in general did not share the godly principles of King Hezekiah. Remember, okay. he was trying to be good and the people were like, having none of it. I, I, I think this is bullshit. I also I think, think they're just bullshit. looking for any reason to blame something on somebody. Mm -hmm. That's all. Now, Shebna, in his position of honor and authority, made himself a fancy and prestigious tomb, which in that day was a display of significant power and wealth. Well, it sounds like he had significant power and wealth <laughs> being next to the goddamn king. Right. Exactly. So I don't see how what the problem is here, other than they didn't like him right. after the fact. Exactly. Exactly. Isaiah had prophesied that the people of Judah and Jerusalem would be carried away into exile. But Shebna did not believe this. And in building this elaborate tomb to himself in Jerusalem was basically saying, I will never be carried away into exile. I am so certain of that, that I will die here. And I'm so certain that I will die here, that I will build my tomb here. I see. Okay. Okay. And that was naughty of him. He was supposed to believe that they're supposed to be. A, you're supposed to believe that that shit's coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there going, "No, I think we're all right." And look, you're look, in look trouble okay. for that. Yeah. You get in trouble for that. Well, because um, the Lord sent His message through Isaiah, and you're supposed to be able to tell one prophet from another. Again, I I have to ask, who the fuck is Isaiah? Like, I don't. 
in that if I'm in that day and I'm like Hezekiah or this the, what was his name Shebna mm-hmm. and I'm like who the fuck are you dude yeah uh, what why why should I believe you exactly I don't I don't have any I don't, there's no reason to you believe give me you. no reason to believe you over anybody else right. so why why should I right no and God's not talking to me so you know kind of piss off right it sounds to me like you ought to go to jail for your blasphemy right right you're saying we're gonna be pulled down and and things look like they're going pretty good so right fuck off man now the fact that things did eventually go right, south right 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 would say oh shit we should have probably believed him but even at that should we have believed him though probably not right i don't know yeah. that's just my opinion man right okay so then the lord lifts up eliakim instead of shebna okay okay so shebna was the the one that, you know, built himself a tomb. Yeah. Well, Eliakim is mentioned in 2 Kings chapter 18 as another assistant to King Hezekiah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Isaiah prophecies that God will take the office and authority of the unfaithful Shebna and give it to Eliakim instead. But they're still going to be exiled though, right? Mm-hmm. So what does it matter? It matters which one... Um, is going to hell or not. This guy's more godly than the, the other guy or whatever. So yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. Okay. In that day, the chief royal steward would have the large master key of the palace fastened to the shoulder of his tunic. So I don't know if you remember, there was like a verse that talked about the key picture of the key on his shoulder. Okay. That's what that was referring to. Got it. The key was a picture and demonstration of the authority of the chief steward. Got so it. it was basically like his symbol of his position. Yeah. So God will give Eliakim the authority to, quote, open and shut as his representative, which no man can oppose. Understood. So that was the, uh, he can open all the things and then shut all the things. But if he's not there, then no one can open or shut all the things. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Okay. So you do remember some of this. That's great. Okay. So verse 23 of that chapter says, I will drive him like a peg into a firm place. Yes. And remember, I was joking around like they like right. to be pegged. Yeah. And what does pegging mean back then? <laughs> and so in those days, houses didn't really have cupboards or storage closets or cabinets or things like that. Okay. So things were stored on pegs set up all around the room. And if something was on its peg, that meant that it was safe and secure Stored properly and ready for use at the appropriate time. It's like so, your tool wall if you got like a, yeah, you know. Yeah, everything in its place right. and a place for everything. Right. You know, so that's what it meant by saying, you know, I'm going to hang him as a peg, meaning I'm going to put him in his a proper, appropriate place. Got it. And um, there was one verse that said something about all those hanging to um, Sheba, whatever, the bad one. Sheba, Shebna. Oh, Shebna's. All those hanging from Shebna's peg will be let go also. Oh, yeah. They'll so, be severed or whatever. Yeah. 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 Right. So basically, when we get rid of Shebna, everybody that is under him is going to fall be, too. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, oopsie. That's yeah. What, that's what happened there. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, see, I'm covering a lot of questions and answers. You are. You okay. are. So moving on to chapter 23. And this one was the oracle concerning Tyr. Yeah, okay? the one that's going to go away for 70 years. We're going to forget about it. Yeah. It only took us 70 seconds, but, you know. Sure, yeah, sure. Sure. What, what are we talking What's about? Tyr? Yeah. 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 This chapter foretells the destruction of Tyr due to its pride in the first few um, verses. It's rising again in the next couple verses. And it's conversion to God in the final verse. They never really said it was a conversion to God. They said that they were making money for God. Mm. At well, least that's what I the, what I remember reading. That's kind of what I remember too. But let's go okay. on and yeah, see yeah, what yeah. this okay. this uh, explanation gives us. Sure. Okay. Yep. So early in the chapter, it says the sailors of Tyr agonize when they hear that the destruction of their home port has come to pass. Right. Remember, oh whale, you. you. Sailors or the what the sea, fuck ever. Yeah, the seafarers, yeah, yeah. seafarers or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, and I was like, whale, whale, whale. And you were like, right. what? Yeah. Yeah. So to the north of Israel, Tyr was <laughs> the leading city of Phoenicia, the great maritime, maritime power of the ancient world. Got it. Because it was such an important harbor and center for shipping, Tyr was synonymous with commerce and materialism. That'll come back in a minute. Okay? Sure, sure. 
It was a famous Phoenician city, which in ancient time was built on a rock, the, which was the original meaning of its name. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Offshore in the Mediterranean Sea. The city was already prosperous in 14th century BC as a major trading port. Okay. So this is a big deal city. Yeah. Tyre was like the Babylon of the sea because of their excellent harbor and their great um, renowned seamanship. Yeah. They built a commercial empire far greater than one would expect given their size and military power. Sure. Tyre was a city in two parts, an inland city and an island city. Okay. Okay. The inland city was conquered by the Assyrians and the Babylonians, just as Isaiah prophesied. Mm Mm-hmm. And the island city was conquered later by Alexander the Great in 332 BC. Okay. So. Sure. Hypothetically, this stuff did come to pass not long after it was prophesied, blah, 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 blah. Hundreds of years, but okay, yeah. Sure. The influence of Tyre was both good and bad for Israel. Okay? Sure. Good and bad. And I'll tell you why. Okay. King Hiram of Tyre supplied David and Solomon great timbers for the building of the temple and other projects. Um, as stated in Second Samuel and in First Kings, Hiram also gave Solomon sailors so Israel could build their commerce by sea, as stated in Second Chronicles. So okay. that was their good relationship, okay? Right. But later, Tyre gave Israel one of the worst rulers that Israel ever had, which was Jezebel, the wife of King Ahab of Israel. <laughs> of yeah. So got it. That's all. So good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. Got it. The modern city of Tyre is the continuation of ancient extension of the city in the mainland. Okay. So there is still a Tyre in existence yeah. today. Yeah, and I actually, I kind of looked it up just to see if it was existed and, and it did. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Interesting. That's, that's an actual city. Yep, yep. So. So verse one, remember I said, whale, you ships of Tarshish. Right. We were like, what's a Tarshish? Yeah. Okay, Tarshish was a faraway port, generally identified as Tarshish. Tartessos in Spain, located in the mouth of Guadalquivir. Okay. You try saying that. Yeah, no. The Guadalquivir River, where the Phoenicians are said to have established the first anchorage grounds and deal in precious metals. Huh. Okay. Okay. Other possibilities, of course, because we don't know that for a fact that that's what it was. Sure. So other possibilities could include... Tarsus in Cilicia, Tarsini in Etruscan or Tuscany, which is um, the west side of Italy. Okay. Or Carthage in North Africa. Got it. Okay. Yep. And then it also said something further on in that verse about Chittim. Yeah. Okay. Chittim was a Phoenician colony um, in Kittim or Kition, which is in Cyprus, which oh, is yeah, Greece the area. Island, yeah. Okay. The term is also used in general for places beyond Cyprus as far as Greece. Got it. So, Got it. Okay. So yeah. those are places also that really existed. Right. Okay. So the city, or I'm sorry, the chapter goes on about the proud city of Tyre being humbled and then the destruction of the city of Tyre and then 70 years of desolation for the city of Tyre. Right. Okay. Yep. At that time, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years. The span of a king's life. But at the end of these 70 years, it will happen to Tyr as in the song of the prostitute. Right. And then there was the song, which I shall not sing a second time. <laughs> Take up a harp, walk through the city, you forgotten prostitute. Play the harp well, sing many a song so that you will be remembered. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thou harlot. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. That's what Isaiah called Tyr, partly because... The city enticed merchants to deal with her by various artifices and even by dishonest practices, as harlots were imagined to do. Got it. And let us not forget, the city was renowned for being um, materialistic and rich in spending money. Sure. So that's why it was equated to a whore. Very, you know, it's a very active trading Mm -hmm. place. Yes, and a place of business and exchange. Right, right. So... What do you do with a harlot? You exchanged funds and services. Sure. Um, partly also it was referred to that as because of the great and general uncleanness, which was both committed and tolerated in it. Got it. So it was a dirty city 
both literally and figuratively speaking. So you have people from all kinds of different lands. You have a mm-hmm. lot of, I mean, there's just, I, I'm imagining a very busy place, you know, mm-hmm. that's hard to, right. you know, especially with the resources you have back in those days, it's hard to keep clean all the time. And mm-hmm. it's just a lot of coming and going. Well, and I would also imagine that with people coming from various areas, there's going to be a lot of live and let live right. because business is king and we're not going to like talk about what gods you may or may not or what um how you treat your spouse or you know how many people you fuck yeah. or whatever like you don't even know about our god hardly other than yeah. you know the brief time that you're here to hear about our stories exactly so exactly so i'm imagining that there was a lot of uh look the other way just make the business deal does it doesn't impact me whatever right. yeah. and and that is looked on to be ungodly sure not just the action but the letting the action go on um argued or but this, whatever I, i've argued this before though this is part of the problem with god is that he he's apparently specializes just in this one section of the world mm-hmm. and the rest of the world doesn't know about him and he doesn't speak up about it so how the fuck are they supposed to know and, and if they don't know how is it bad to, and like are you saying that we can't step outside of our bubble and then go in and interact with other people because it's quote unquote ungodly. Right. Like that seems dumb. Right. So No, I totally agree. So God's a little bit of a dick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So he told the singing women of the East who were commonly of this class, the singing and the harloting and stuff like that. Yeah. To go about once more with song and lyre, recalling her old lovers or her old allies to the memory of their past love. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what that was about when he was referring to the city as a harlot. Yeah. He was also referring to the women of the city. Okay. Okay. Yep. So um, then the chapter wraps up with um, God's purpose in restoring the city of Tyr. So she will return to her higher. God will allow Tyr symbolized by a prostitute to continue her gross materialism with all the kingdoms of the world, but her gain and her pay will be set apart for God. Ultimately, the riches that tears so desperately sought will be given to God. Yeah, and I've got a question what giving to God meant. It sounds like they were conquered and the people mm-hmm. were enslaved. Oh, yeah. And the money went back to whoever conquered them. Yeah, um, so, like, oh, we've got a good thing going. This is a, a great location. Right. Let's just let the city continue running, but we'll just tax the fuck out of it and take all its Right, money. yeah. That's yeah. what it sounds like to me. It so, doesn't sound like anything changed other no. than ownership. Right, exactly. So. Yeah, so we don't really mind the bad things that are happening as long as we get the money. But it sounds really good to say it's going to God. Because mm, mm. like people like to say that. We give it to God. Give it to God. <laughs> no, just give it to God. All right, so now we're on chapter 24. Okay. Okay, mm-hmm. the Lord's judgment on the earth. Yeah, yeah, this okay. is where he, he's going to destroy it all. Real. Yeah, he's like, yeah. fuck y'all. So chapters 24 through 27 of Isaiah constitute one unit of prophecy, sometimes called the Isaiah Apocalypse. I was, I was going to say when we were reading it, I was thinking like this is like Revelation's light. It is you know? actually <laughs> Revelation light because... Um, a lot of what is talked about here is compared to Revelation or expanded upon in Revelation. Interesting. And then both of those are seen as um, harbingers for discussion in um, like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah. Some guys in the New Testament, they all seem to um, quote these two chapters a lot. Right. And it got really fucking dark and really fucking murdery all of a sudden like yeah. the end of the end times like the word mm-hmm. like whoa what's happening here um so i have some notes from a christian apologist and they were very excited about this i'm sure they were because they love them a good end time story, yeah well yeah yeah you know? the end is nigh yeah they're Fuck. they're gonna be saved and smug right because they know? get to evaporate into heaven right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so chapter 24 contains the prophecy on the destruction of judah for its defilements and transgressions Okay. So Tyr gets to live because it makes money, but <laughs> Judah um, does not. Sure, okay? that doesn't make any sense, but okay. No, yeah. no. While a remnant will praise God, and then God, by his judgments on 
his people and their enemies will advance his kingdoms. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So that's what this chapter is all about. Sure. Okay. So in the opening of the chapter, we talk about the scope of the judgment of the Lord. Okay. Uh-huh. See the Lord. Okay. Um, I have two different interpretations of the opening verse because okay. ours starts out with see, yeah. and you know how I love that. Right. The Lord is going to lay waste the earth <laughs> and devastate it. Yeah. That was a great opening. I know. I know. He going to ruin its base and scatter its inhabitants. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's how it reads in another interpretation. Behold. Which Lord. interpretation is this? Um, I think it's the King James. Okay. All right. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste. Okay. A little more succinct, a little more scary, and a little less, see, this gonna happen. Right, right. Right? I mean, behold is much more... But they say it so quick there that it's like, it's mm. almost, it almost sounds easier to take in. You right. know, like, it's not as a you can doom and it. gloom, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. So, here's what the apologist says. All right, okay? yeah. In the days of the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation. Are you familiar with the Great Tribulation? Uh, I've... No. Okay. So the Great Tribulation comes right before... Wait, hold on. How does it go? Okay, no. So first comes... What's that thing where... Rapture? The the Rapture. Yeah. Okay. First comes the Rapture. Uh Uh-huh. And so God is going to suck up all his goodies... And only the baddies will be left behind. Right, right. Or the goody non-believers. Okay. okay. And that's important because then come the tribulations. Okay. The tribulations, I think, are like seven years of hardship or some shit like that. Okay. I could be mixing up my prophecies because I'm not like real big on Revelation and or New Testament stuff. Right, right. But, okay, so we've got the sucking up of all the people in the rapture. Right, okay? yeah. And then seven years of tribulation. Now, during that tribulation period it's gonna like weed out like there basically will be a second chance for the non-believers to be like oh my fucking god i was so wrong that time when all the people of the planet disappeared and they all happened to only be christians Mm -hmm. um yeah i i recant on my non-believer ways i'm suddenly a christian now can i go too and god sucks them up too wait 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 wait. we've we've gone so what happened to non-believers before the tribulation happened? Did they just go straight to hell? No, 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 no. We're still in. No, no, no. I, I know, I know. But I'm saying, like in this, in this, in this um, model of of end times, right, where revelation is going to happen and then the tribulation is going to happen. First is the rapture. Right, right. Then is the seven years of travel tribulation. Sure. Everybody's left on Earth. I understand, but okay. let's. I'm asking a question here. What is your question? My question is. Prior to this, everybody that died prior to the rapture and the, the tribulation, all the people that ever died. So like my grandma all of history, a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. If they were a non-believer, what happened to them? Did they go to hell? Um, Sure. Why not? I don't so know. why do these people in this specific time, according to Christians, during this tribulation get to choose? Why don't they just get to go to hell like everybody else? I don't know. It depends on which Christian you ask as to whether hell is real or not, whether hell is eternal, whether non-believers who are good actually go to hell or if they go to a waiting room or if they get a choice and then they're like in a heaven lobby i i don't know okay all the ins and outs okay? i'm just it seems really dumb the whole system is dumb yeah no i i'm, I'm aware the whole system makes no fucking sense right it just i don't see how because let me ask i don't see you how this. christians can make this make sense in their head that's let all. me ask you this so tomorrow you get hit by a car right yeah and your soul comes across Jesus or whom the fuck ever. Sure. And they say, guess what? You were wrong. Husband, you were so fucking wrong. Right. Um, there is a God. I am an angel or I am Jesus or I am whoever the fuck is the greeting yeah. card person. I have lots of questions. Right. But if they were like, heaven or hell, which do you choose? I, I, I mean. You get a choice, right? If you get the choice, don't you be like. Oh, well, I guess if I was wrong and there's angels, then I'm going to go to heaven. Yeah, heaven I, sure. I choose God, I guess. Right. That's better up there, right? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't want to burn in the Is it really fires? hot down there or are there still cool people down in hell? Like, what's going on here? Because I don't know. Okay, but l- let's say that you're not a smart ass and that 
<laughs> you are really like three seconds to make this choice. You're either going to burn for eternity. Okay. Or you have the choice. Jesus Christ is real and you have to go to heaven. I mean, whatever. Sure. The angel is right there in your fucking face. Why wouldn't you? I I agree. I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing. Like that. Okay. You have just literally given me proof of your existence. Of course I'm going to choose that. That is a dumb question. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah. Right. Right. So like all you had to do was do that on earth. Right. That's my problem with the whole thing. Like what is why? What the fuck? Yeah. So, anyways, that's the apologist thing. Yeah. Um, okay. In the days of the Great Tribulation, which I just explained, yes. the earth will not be literally empty, which it says in the um the one the second one, the one that says, Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty. Yeah. And makes it waste. Mm-hmm. Now see in ours it said the Lord is going to lay waste the earth and devastate it. He'll ruin its face and scatter its inhabitants. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it didn't say it was going to make it empty. Okay. But in the King James it does, so they gotta have an apologist for it rather than just say King James version sucks and we interpreted it wrong, but right. it has these thousand those. So we have to like use it forever because real Christians do or whatever Real questions quote unquote quote unquote right so okay in the days of the great tribulation the earth will actually not be literally empty but isaiah's poetic description applies nonetheless because the earth will seem empty in many places mm. more than one third of humanity will die in the judgments of the great tribulation according to revelation chapter 9 making the area's hardest hit seem as if the earth were empty. And we're referencing this as part of Revelations because apparently it ties in with this these three chapters or four chapters in Isaiah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, yes. All right. I'm just making sure. I had a really hard time trying to separate all of my studying of this from Christian apologists. so intermingled. Revelation. Also from New Testament stuff that right. references these things. Got yes. It. it is very intertangled. Intertangled? I said intermingled. Intermingled. Entangled. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, then we get into the reason for the judgment. Okay. Okay? So, what's the reason for the judgment? God's a dick. God is a dick. Um, In God's opinion, people have overstepped the boundaries with each other. They've rewritten the rules as they are fit and as he sees fit and broken covenants by turning away from God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So th- this is three separate crimes. They are bad to each other. They um, rewrite the rules. Yeah. Um, that would be like um, what we do today when we're like, um, you don't have to follow all the Ten Commandments. Just be a good person. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, or, um, and they also turned away from God, which that would be the biggest one that right. I would think would piss God off. Yeah. Okay. So those are the big reasons for his judgment. Okay. okay? Mm-hmm. So the next verses cover the scene of judgment. The parting will come to an end and the cities will be stricken with desolation. Okay. okay? Then we talk about the glory of God and the woe of man. Mm. Now, some followers of God will... Um, lift up their voices during the time of tribulation and they will be saved. And then I wrote, so yay for them, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about done with this bullshit by then. Yeah. So I was like, this well, is Well, and it's kind of not, it, it is relevant, but it's only relevant if we're, we're mixing together, you know, Revelations and Isaiah. You keep Isa- saying Revelations. Revelation, uh, sorry. Plural. Right. It's just one revelation. It's just one revelation. I knew that. Yep. Um, we're mixing together Revelation and Isaiah. And mm-hmm. if we're to read Isaiah without taking other books other books into account, it just sounds like a dark prophecy of some type and God's fucking had it. Mm-hmm. And and I I don't know. I'm, and we're going to have the same problem, FYI, when we come to Jeremiah. Okay. Because Jeremiah is also a prophet and his shit also gets tangled up with the book of Revelation. Got it. So, Got it. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't take this into account, but maybe we bring it up more so when we get to Revelation as opposed to mm-hmm. now. Because right. I'm I'm struggling to understand what we're talking about with regard to Revelation because I, I've never read the Bible. So right. I don't know what's going on in that, that right. aspect of things. So it's 
but I, I do know that what we read was very dark and world ending and mm-hmm. and Isaiah is saying basically God's a dick and is gonna ruin everything. Yeah. So that's what I understand. You yes. know, as far as from what we've read. I don't and think... I and I know enough about Revelation to know that it's yep. not good. So it's that. It's yeah. that God is a dick and he's gonna ruin everything. Right. I mean yeah. there's pretty much no other way to say it. Exactly. So it, we're gonna have more of that, yes. Okay. okay. All right, yep. So this chapter continues with the judgment of the Lord will always be completed. So remember when there was like snares and traps and nets yes. and whatever, and we were like, what is going on? And I was like trying to explain that um, he going to get you. Right, right. And it doesn't matter which way you go. He's always going to get you in the yeah, end. Yeah, because when you crawl out of the pit, there's a snare there waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... That's exactly correct. God's judgment is inescapable. If you escape the fear, you'll fall into the pit. If you escape the pit, you'll fall into the snare. God's judgment has enough backup plans to catch everyone. And then I added the note saying he's a wily bastard. Mm, Yeah. Mm. So there's that. Yeah. Okay. So then we go on to talk about the intensity of the judgments of the Lord touching everything. So why has he got to touch everything? That's gross. <laughs> Everybody's going to feel this. Okay. All, okay. <laughs> yes. And then chapter 24 wraps up with the judgment of the Lord will touch every one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The powers in heaven that it talks about, mm-hmm. there's two interpretations and it depends on um, if you are an actual scholar or a Christian apologist. Okay. okay. So the Christian apologists say that the powers in heaven likely refer to rebellious angels that are to be judged at the end of the age and imprisoned in the pit until the final rebellion at the end of the millennium, which we will read more about in Revelation chapter 20. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's why Christian apologists. Sounds like an interesting um, theory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Other interpretations. (laughs) Other interpretations. So anyway, when we talk about scholars interpreting actual language and history. Right. State that the powers of heaven are the sun, the moon, and the stars. As oh. referenced in um, Genesis, like the first few sentences. That makes few sentences. a lot more logical sense. Yeah. 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 The, it, it, feels, it feels like the, the Christian apologists take this like fantasy land turn when they get to the, their interpretations of the Bible. Yeah. They're like, how crazy and bullshitty can we make this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Let's make it into like a fantasy novel that's uh let's forget that the greeks were ever involved and just make our own thing right how do how do we make this fit for what we want it to fit how do we put these last few chapters that are scary in the old testament and turn them into new testament material right right because that's i mean all the other stuff nobody really references that stuff in new testament right terms but all of these final chapters of the Old Testament, they're all just like set up for New Testament. Yeah. It's what it feels like. Sure. And I think it feels like that because the Christians have made it feel like that. I kind of, I'm very resentful of it because I'm like, I don't want to study that yet. I'm still trying to study this from the Jewish perspective. This material belongs to them. Right. So. Yeah, no, that that was part of it. That's why I drew you back from mm-hmm. the Revelation thing for just a minute, because I, I wanted to recognize that we are still not there yet. Right. And but even when we get there, it's going to be difficult to separate it from the Christian apologist perspective. Right. No, it definitely will even be. Even more so at that point. Especially since our intent is to read the New Testament and all of it. So. Right. Yeah. Right. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So I, I just keep putting it out there because it is out there and it will lend to our understanding of this book as a whole. Sure. And that's what we're trying to get to. Okay. All right. Is my understanding. Yeah, no, I just I'm I guess what I was saying is that maybe we could cover it more in depth when we get to Revelation or get yeah. to some of the books later on in the New Testament. Sure. And come back and revisit some of this stuff from that perspective then. And I think that we will definitely have to do that. Right, right. All right. Well, you got anything else for us today? That was the Q&A. Sorry for how lengthy it is, but, you know. It is what it is. Sometimes you just have a million questions and you don't know what the fuck is going on. Like you said, it's a good thing we didn't read all five chapters this week. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) All right. um, So I'll have the weekly wrap out here out in just a little bit after we get this one released. 
And then we will be back on Monday with... Isaiah chapter 25. All right. We'll see you guys then. Yep. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.